Welcome back to Mingle with Mubes for semester two. We've had a little bit of a hiatus with exams and holidays, but I'm very excited to be back as we look forward to another jam-packed semester of amazing guests. To kickstart this semester, I'm privileged to be joined by Dr. Lionel Lamb. Lionel is a lecturer slash teaching fellow within the Department of Biomedical Engineering at the University of Melbourne. He has a Bachelor of Chemical Engineering at the University of Western Australia and a Master of Science in Chemical Engineering Practice and a PhD in Chemical Engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. His work-related interests revolve around engineering education, transdisciplinary curriculum design and technology-enhanced learning. Outside of work, his hobbies include hiking, food, art and design, music, Nintendo and travelling. I'm very excited to have a chat with Lionel today. Without further ado, let's mingle. Yeah, thank you for coming along today, Lionel. Yeah. Um, Gotta say, like, I've had you since second year of my uni, and I've had you for biomechanical physics computation and biofluid mechanics and synthetic biology. Um, And first, I just want to say thank you for teaching me throughout all those units, and it's a privilege to have you up until my final year of uni, so... Ah, no worries, and thanks for uh, persevering through that secondary project <laughs> of COVID. Yeah, it was a tough one, because I, I never really got to see you in person until only just last year, so... Um, but yeah, I'm sure, you know, every student you've had in the past and current and hopefully future ones will, you know, enjoy a taste yeah. of your teaching. Well, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, so can we just begin by... Me asking, where, whereabouts are you originally from? Because in the intro, we've discussed that you've yeah. done your studies in WA and then Massachusetts. I think I said that correctly. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, you tell us a bit like, you know, your story. But... Uh, I was born in Malaysia and I actually grew up there. I finished high school there and I left when I was 17 for Perth. That's where I did my bachelor's mm-hmm. and, yeah. I guess that's where I'm from. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and it's very sort of chemical engineering based. And you did your thesis around cancer immunology for your PhD. Yeah, Can I that talk was, a bit about that. Yeah, that was uh, so. So after I finished my undergrad, um, it was chemical engineering, but it was in Australia, so it was very focused on um, you know classic chemical engineering, oil and gas processing, mineral processing, which kind of makes sense because um, it's Australia and there's lots of natural resources here. But by the end of it, I decided that I actually really liked biology and potentially wanted to go into uh, pharmaceutics. So that's why I did my PhD and chose cancer biology uh, thesis. But uh, so what do you want me to talk about? Like what that thesis actually involved? Yeah, what, what you managed to, to research and find out. Right. So so that, so that thesis was actually sponsored by, by Merck. So it was an industry-sponsored PhD. Um, so there was this cancer drug called uh, Keytruda, which uh, Merck produced, and it and it's a very effective drug uh, in about thirty percent of patients with. Uh, uh, have a looked at my thesis for a while, but I believe it's uh, lung cancer mainly uh, at the time it was being used for. But the question was like, why why was this drug only super effective in thirty percent of the population? So my thesis was trying to find out what made this thirty percent special. Yeah. Like what what was special about the immune system? What was the what was the drug activating, mm. you know? Yeah. Yep. Mm. I see. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and you've, you've obviously come from a very chemical engineering heavy background. How did you end up getting into biomedical engineering and where you are at Unimel today? Yeah, um, that's probably good. That's a really good question, I guess. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Like, 
every open day, whenever students ask, well, potential students ask me what biomedical engineering is, I, I say it's like a marriage between electrical, mechanical, and chemical. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a department, um, the academic makeup does sort of reflect that as well. You've got a biomechanics group, you've got like people who do neural process, uh, neuroprocessing, and you've got like a biomaterials group, which is very chemical engineering. So I entered biomedical engineering because I had a chemical engineering flavor and my thesis was biology focused. Mm. That's how I got my foot through the door. Really. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, lovely. Um, and where did your your passion for, for teaching come from? And again, you just talked about how biomedical borrows from a lot of different you know, fields and you you like tend to focus on your transdisciplinary transdisciplinary curriculum design. Um yeah. So like firstly like your teaching and then how you've managed to incorporate that transdisciplinary factor into what you do now. Uh so I actually like I actually realized I really like teaching when I was doing my PhD. Mm. So um uh, doing a PhD in the States you have to sort of teach for a semester. It's part of the requirements. And I realized that that semester was probably the happiest semester of my time yeah, there. Okay. I just really enjoyed it. And we just worked late into the night preparing, like, teaching material and just, like, lose track of time. Um, and I couldn't say the same about, and it sounds so bad to say, but I, I couldn't say the same about um, the experiments that I had to do <laughs> for my PhD. Hmm. So it made me realize that, um, well, number one, I, I, teaching is probably what um, I enjoy doing most mm. and the second thing was i probably don't like doing experimental research <laughs> if i were to do research it's mainly computational mm. so um so that's how i got into teaching and that's why i applied for this teaching focused position here and i've been here ever since uh the transdisciplinary thing is just something that i've realized over the years I, i've come from quite a transdisciplinary background myself having done like traditional chemical engineering yep. and sort of applied those concepts in wastewater and then biology and, and all sorts of things. So I just find it very interesting how you can take the same set, same, same set of concepts and just apply it in very different ways in different fields. I just find that super interesting. Hmm. So that's that's what I try to do in my subjects. Obviously, it doesn't work as well for, for some subjects, but, but my, my second year subject for sure, um, um, we do that. So we, weaving um, electromagnetism, systems biology, mechanics with programming for example mm. but yeah. yeah yeah no i see that's really interesting um and again you touched on using technology to enhance your learning what are some examples from previous subjects that you've done um that you've been able to do that right it might not sound that amazing <laughs> but uh i guess the the biggest one uh was actually um the sync of malloc grader so uh, again you know controversial but we still use a lot of matlab in the degree uh, although people uh, like to uh, give it a hard time. <laughs> but, but yeah, Malagrader was something that we started using because of COVID, actually. I think COVID sort of sped up um, the adoption of a lot of technological platforms that mm. the university might not necessarily have investigated. But uh, yeah, Malagrader, we use it a lot in um, the first year introductory engineering subject I teach. Yeah, it's like around, around like 400, 500 students, 800 before wow. COVID. Yeah. And it's just a huge... Uh, effort to grade assignments, right? Mm. So MATLAB Grader is like this automated platform where you can submit code and get the MATLAB server to grade it for you. And uh, students get instant feedback on how they should, you know, alter their code. And that's that's one way where, where um, I think it helps learning because students get that instant feedback and they know exactly what they need to focus on. Whereas with um, traditional marking, there's that 
that's that time that yeah lifetime gotcha um, yeah so so yeah that's that's the best example i can think of there yeah. are others obviously but, but yeah and it takes all the subjectivity out of it yeah right? yeah yeah well it becomes very objective and yeah you get students coming to you saying well <laughs> the tests are so strict well that's what programming is but yeah it's very strict gotcha way, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. you're like the first member of academia we've had on the podcast yeah, it's like during, <laughs> during can i ask you like during covid how did you adapt your teaching style to to the circumstances like you just touched on before how it became a bit more matlab heavy but like like through your teaching your lectures like how did you try to keep you know students engaged in that time well i don't think i did a good <laughs> job doing that uh i i don't i think i speak for for most of my colleagues when we when i say that um teaching online just is not great mm. like it's hard to like it's hard to actually engage students especially when their cameras are off i, yeah. I didn't really get to know i mean your batch especially because mm. you were the batch where we switched that's right in 2019 uh 2020 sorry yeah so um i tried my best uh using zoom using zoom's tools to annotate tool using things like polyev technology yep. te- technology mm-hmm. and learning. polyev what else um the one with the nice music, Kahoot, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So just sort of being like one of the, I actually think I am the youngest person in the department. So being the youngest person in the department, <laughs> I was the person that was happy to like experiment with yeah. all these things and mm-hmm. just tell other people mm-hmm. how That's good. how how they went. But but yeah, in terms of adapting, I don't think I did a very good job at a, well, I think I and well, we did the best that we could, but I'm glad that we're back in person mm. now. yeah yeah because yeah. with a lot of subjects especially yours i found like modeling um to be a good way of understanding certain things mm. like systems just gone um being able to model like enzyme you yeah. know, functions yeah. things like that yeah. and even with fluids last year you know like fluid flow and things like that and you you said you enjoy men like teaching mental modeling as is that yeah. is that a similar thing um, like what i don't that is teach mental models i'm just interested in and I say I'm interested, but I haven't actually like read much research into this. But it might be something I go down, uh, go down, go down that path in, in the future. But I'm interested in how um, humans build. Well, I guess humans make sense of the world and make models to describe what they observe. Mm. Uh, I guess that's a little bit abstract. That like when I was an undergrad, a first year undergrad, I had no idea that all these concepts were sort of interlinked between the subjects. But it was, as I as I grew older and older and sort of went to grad school, everything sort of start, started to fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. And I'm interested in how that process happens. Uh, I'm being very vague. But again, I'm not an expert in the field, but, but basically how do people construct that mental model of how the world works? And how do you fit the different pieces across different subjects together mm. to make a coherent whole, which I think is super useful for biomedical engineering. Yeah, of course. I found that at yeah. the time. Yeah. Have you thought about or have incorporated AI into your, your teaching uh-huh. models yet? Uh, well, I'm not a computer scientist <laughs> by training, so yeah. I don't think I'm qualified to do that. But the department is sort of uh, thinking about uh, how can we you know, set up our students better so that they can take some electives mm. from the computer science department. Okay. Because... Uh, I mean, you brought it up, but a lot of students have brought that up, that they, they would be interested in mm. taking those offerings. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, and this is perfect timing because you've been shortlisted 
for lecturer of the year for the FEIT 2023 Community Awards, yeah. um, as well as going into running to win the was the People's Choice Award as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, how come? I don't know. I just uh, it's embarrassing like these things. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. For people who don't know, it's a award that commemorates individuals who have made a big impact um, on the FEIT community, and they're they're inspiring and innovative and supportive. Um, that's you know qualities that I mm-hmm. see in you. And thank you. Would you, uh, according to the website, the voting closes tomorrow, I think, or or it's Thursday. Tonight, tonight, oh, oh the night of, oh, okay, of oh, Thursday, okay. So hopefully I get this out before then. But <laughs> for for people who haven't heard your pitch, I don't know too much about you. Would yeah. you like to make a mini pitch as to uh, why people, or people, if have if I haven't all voted already, would vote for you? Uh, I have voted for you. I've not I, well, thank you, but, uh, <laughs> Francis. If you if you haven't already realized, I really hate doing these things. Because I, <laughs> it sounds crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's crazy to say this. I don't like. I don't actually like talking about myself. Okay. It's weird because I'm doing this podcast with you. But um, I guess my pitch would be: well, the video's on the website. Mm-hmm. My pitch is Watch already the there. Yeah. But uh, if you know, I've ever taught you before, and you thought that um, you liked me, or um, I made a difference in your learning, then please vote for me. I know that's a very weak pitch, but <laughs> I guess that's the best I can do uh, at this point in time. But yeah. Did you ever work in industry or did you kind of just go straight from your studies PhD into into teaching? Yeah, so um, I guess technically I've been in academia all my life, mm. undergrad, straight to master, straight to PhD. But my master's is actually um, it's a chemical engineering practice degree. So I had to take um, a full six months to work with two companies on four projects. So mm. it's a very intensive um, internship, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I have worked for um, Merck. Uh, in the Singapore branch, where I was doing steroid crystallization research. And um, that was one of the projects. The other project was, um, you know, how uh, you get tablets sometimes and they have two layers on them. And a big problem uh, well, back then, I'm not sure if it's still a problem today, is the two layers have different active ingredients and you're supposed to take them at the same time. Mm. But a common problem is they delaminate, so they just cut gotcha. off. Yeah. So it was uh, a mechanics problem, trying to figure out what was causing that. Mm. And then uh, the other company I worked for was General Mills in uh, Minneapolis um, that was trying to investigate the rheology of granola bar syrup, which Granola sounds... bar syrup? I know, that was a thing. <laughs> yep. yep. As in the syrup that goes on granola yeah, bars? Yeah, you'd okay. be surprised gotcha. how much okay. work goes into food. Um, so that was my project, but some of my friends uh, also at that same company were working on do you know what you know what SEM is, right? Scanning electron microscopy. Yes, yeah. There was they were doing SEM on um, cocoa puffs. Okay. So they were gold coating cocoa puffs and doing SEM on them, trying to figure out how the surface roughness and the porosity of cocoa puffs links <laughs> to the acoustic sound when someone like eats them. Okay. It's like I'm not sure why they devoted so much money into this research, <laughs> but um, they did. Gotcha. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so industry, sorry. That was a tangent. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What's um what's your favorite subject that you've taught or are teaching? Oh, that's a good question. Uh I guess if I had to choose one, I really like my second year subject, yep. like computation and bioengineering, mainly because it was the first subject that I was given free reign over mm. and I designed it from the bottom up. It's not a classic okay. subject like fluid mechanics where you know there's like a million textbooks out there because it's a 
it's like a stand, stock standard. Yeah, well known. But this one I had to like put together from scratch, and I really enjoyed that process. I yep. wrote all the lectures, wrote all the tutorials, yeah, everything. So I really feel like it's my baby. Uh-huh. So yeah. So if you ever get David Graydon on here of your podcast, I'm sure that if you ask him that same question, he'll say about design innovation. Mm, that's his one. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk about your hobbies because you yeah. have a lot of them. <laughs> well, I'll just listed every. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, let's talk about traveling first. How was your? You went to the US recently. How was that trip? Um, it was good. Yeah, it was. I was recently in the US in Canada um, for the first time in like. A while, actually. Mm. The last time I was in Boston was in 2018, so it's, it's been a while. But, but yeah, it was good. It's good. It was good to be back after a while. Uh, a lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was very fun. Very yep. tiring trip, but good. Did you do a lot of hiking while you were there? That, that Lots of hiking. In. Lots yep. of hiking. Um, yeah, Canada, it's just beautiful to hike in. It's the yep. Squamish area and the southwest of the U.S., probably one of my favorite parts of the world. Lovely. Yeah. 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 Good food then? Well, food is good, hmm. but uh, I don't know whether it's the best food for you. I'll okay. just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing you also mentioned is that you enjoy trying to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find ways to, like, you know, push yourself and constantly be able to do that? Because I know for students in you know, a lot of different scenarios, that it, it's a bit hard to sort of step out of the ordinary and do something in, you're not comfortable doing. Right. Um, so, what what are you thinking about when you're trying to get out of your comfort zone? I guess I guess you were just talking about travel, but one of the things that um, I used to do a lot of before COVID was just randomly book a trip somewhere and just go alone, <laughs> um, go to a country that I might not even speak the language, yeah. and then spend the months leading up to it desperately doing Duolingo. <laughs> And, and then just arriving in the country, having no idea what's going on. Wow, okay. It's an adventure. Yeah, so that's that's so fun. But yeah, that, hmm. that mainly. Cool. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, you like music as well? You play yeah, piano? I do. I do. I, I um, yeah, um, uh, I play the piano. Um, starting to give lessons soon. Oh, cool. This economy. <laughs> everyone's going to have to sign. If anyone needs a piano teacher, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone needs a piano teacher, <laughs> but uh, mainly teach kids, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, What's your background in piano? Like, is it classical, you jazz? Or... Uh, I was classically trained. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like jazz. I mean, Francis, you've taken my subject, so you know this, <laughs> but I always play jazz at the start of the relay. That's correct, yes. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm not jazz trained. It's classically trained. Um, it's very different. It is very different. Quite it's hard to... Difficult uh, between the two, independent hand movement. Exactly. Mm. Um, it's sort of... Oh, well, you play piano as well, it sounds like. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm now trained? teaching. Yeah, classically trained and oh, you're teaching, teaching, as well. teaching as well. Yeah, kids. kids. So, yeah. Well, I'm actually finishing. from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually finishing up at the end of this year. Because I've been to, this is my fifth year of teaching. Oh, yeah. So, How do you yeah. find it? It's it's very rewarding. Yeah. Just seeing kids, like, grow. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I've had, like, a beginner who's now, you know, gone a couple of grades and, you know, she's, you know, quite competent on her own. And mm-hmm. just seeing, just seeing kids develop like certain concepts that you try to get them to do at the start of the year. And then by the end, it's like, oh, you know, they can do so and so. So, yeah. And you send them for exams as well? Yeah. If, if the parents choose to, you know, go down that path, then. That's really nice. I mean, what you just described is, is, is why I like my job mm. so much. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess like jazz piano is sort of, you know, how if you're classically trained, you study theory, but you got to apply the theory mm-hmm. on the fly. And yeah. It's just, it's just, <laughs> That's right. It's just, 
Yeah, yeah, and I know so many scales and chords and things yeah. like that. I couldn't keep up. Um, what's what's next for you in in your life? Like, uh, do you have any goals? Any more, you know, changes you want to make to to your curriculum or you know travel plans or anything like that in, in store for the future? Can't think of any huge curriculum changes I'd like to make at this point in time. It's pretty much just polishing the subjects that I'm teaching into now. Mm. Um, there was one change you could make. What would it be? Sorry to interrupt. To a subject. So, yeah, subject or the course or the department or anything. Oh, this is a very controversial thing to Hopefully say. I'm not, sure whether, um, <laughs> <laughs> not sure whether I'm going to be... Uh, you're going to be called out on it uh, by, <laughs> by my colleagues by saying this, but if I could make one change, I would bring back the Bachelor of Engineering. Okay. Yeah, I would get rid of the Melbourne model. Mm, I see. Very controversial. When, <laughs> <laughs> when, when did they get rid of that? Oh, I have no idea. I, I, it have been a while ago. They, oh, it's way before my time. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a valid yeah. change to make. But yeah, like any, do you plan on going to any more countries in the um, future or? I'm actually coming up for sabbatical next year. Oh, so I'm that's hoping exciting. to take the second half of the year off. Yep. And well, this is nothing is set in stone. I have to apply for it, but hopefully go somewhere in Europe, maybe Sweden or something to, okay. to observe how they've got some really good like um, universities, uh, good at teaching, I, I guess. So I'd like to go there and form some collaborations mm. and see how they do things. Yeah. You know? No, you'll be missed here then when just once in a go over. <laughs> I mean, I won't yeah, be here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, thanks very much, Yolanda. You're a busy man. And um, yeah, no yeah. Worries. it's a good start to the semester again. Yeah, you know. all the best uh, for the rest of your semester. You, you're due to graduate. So good luck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks yeah. very much, Lionel. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Mingle with Muse podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a like, a follow, a rating, a review, a share, all the above. Get into contact with Mubes or myself via the addresses in the show notes to leave any questions, feedback, suggested guests, or to get yourself onto the podcast. Until next time, take care.